everyone, welcome back to Walk With Bex. Well, it has been such a long time since I jumped on here and I spoke with you all and for that I am very sorry. But when I get into this episode, perhaps you'll have a greater understanding of why and it'll all make some sense. For those of you who have been following my journey on Instagram and on YouTube, prep has been going really well and I know it's been a long time since I've updated you guys but I jumped into an earlier show and I competed just the weekend gone. I placed second in the overall and just missed out on my pro card once again. Plans are in place and we are going again in just over six weeks time but if you want more information on how prep is going head over to my Instagram, go and follow my YouTube and you'll get more information and updates there. I am posting more regularly on there about prep and my prep updates. But for this episode, I really want to get into why I've been away for so long. There are three main topics that I want to discuss. So let me just dive straight in. The first thing that I want to talk about is this feeling of being unsupported. I honestly believe that a community of friends, family and like-minded people supporting each other can make a world of difference and really change your outlook on life. However, many of us feel that we're not getting the support we want or deserve in our relationships. Maybe we've never felt supported by our friends or family. Maybe we don't feel supported by our peers or our co-workers. Maybe we don't even feel supported by our partner. This can leave us feeling drained, tired and unhappy, like we're moving through life without the fuel that we need to keep us going. Trust me, I've been here many times. Even if I don't always show it or I don't always talk about it, I know how this feels. During my teenage years and early adulthood, this was a huge struggle for me. I rarely found a place where I had a group of friends where I felt like I belonged and therefore I didn't really feel supported. I was actually bullied quite a lot when I was in high school and this did leave a lot of kind of emotional scars and it linked to me not feeling good enough, not feeling attractive, smart, worthy. When I did feel supported by others, it only lasted for a few days or weeks before it kind of dissipated. Today, this definitely has shifted and I do feel much more supported in my current relationships and don't feel nearly as drained as I once did. My relationship with my husband is the strongest bond and no matter what happens, I know he will support me 100% and it's the same for me with him too. I have very few close friends who support me too, but the circle in recent months has, let's say, gotten smaller and smaller. And there are often moments when I question relationships and feel like opening up to support is this lifelong journey and a lesson ongoing. And it's a process of healing old wounds and allowing ourselves to become something new each time. You guys know I'm a big believer in evolving and constantly striving to become the next best version of yourselves. But this can also be our biggest barrier, let's say, because when we strive for this progress in our own lives, 
those in our close circle aren't always, aren't always open to it or willing to support it. And this for me has been the hardest thing to get my head around and to process, particularly in the line of work that I do, my passion and my goals with the fitness industry. And at the end of the day, I think it's important for us to remember that it's, it's our life, it's our story, but perhaps it's important also to consider that some questions and reflections need to happen on how and why support might not be received at these moments. Is my story currently preventing me from receiving support? Or is it that they can't understand me because they haven't experienced what I'm going through or going after? I'm finding more and more that it's less about placing blame on others, but more about shifting my perspective. In the past, I would be less inclined to share my desires with others through fear of judgment or because I didn't want to be a burden on others. But there comes a time when you do need to stand up for yourself and speak your truth and share your story and especially with those closest to you. If you never reach out, you'll never receive support. And if they aren't willing to help or support you, then you need to find a way to support yourself. I think the key is finding ways to feel full and supported within ourselves instead of focusing solely on what we want from others. This was something I needed to do when dealing with various relationships in most recent months. And I honestly find that when I embark on a prep, it really shows people for who they are. It shows their true colors, their level of understanding and how much they truly care and are willing to support you. Now, I am fully aware that prep is a choice and I'm choosing to challenge myself both physically and mentally. I'm not asking anyone else to do it for me, nor am I a horrible person during prep, or at least I hope I'm not. But if others aren't willing to support me, cheer me on or offer words of encouragement during a time when my body is tired, I'm challenging myself and in a way that 99.9% of the population couldn't or wouldn't, then I need to take a step back and question whether these relationships are truly valuable at all. If we want to be fully supported in all aspects of our lives, we need to choose to be in relationships where we feel free to be our authentic selves. This might mean letting go of some relationships and releasing expectations that certain people will suddenly change and be supportive. By being in a relationship with others who fully accept us, we are supporting ourselves. So I think in order to experience the highest degree of love and support in our relationships, we have to rely and really truly love and support ourselves first. So look within and become the master of your own self-care and self-love. That would be my advice. You know, at some point, everyone feels like they aren't getting enough support, whether it's support from their friends, from their family, or from someone whose opinion really counts. Lack of support can be devastating, absolutely devastating, where you have the urge sometimes to just scream like, you don't understand what I'm going through, what I'm feeling or what I'm doing. And it can be absolutely overwhelming. 
And I've felt like this a lot over the last couple of months, particularly with my family members and so-called close friends of mine. Thankfully, I have found that there are ways to overcome these feelings and these things that you can do, I think, will help you when you feel that lack of support. And they will help you to achieve more, to feel better, but also help you to communicate your needs and goals far better. The first thing I think is important to do is to expand your support network. You know, sometimes we make the mistake of trying to seek help from people who don't know the first thing about what we're trying to do. This leads to a situation where neither side feels good about the outcome and going to the same friends to address the same basic problems can just be as bad. In these situations, I think a change of perspective might be needed. And if you're, let's say, a writer, you should seek out other writers who don't have vested interest in your um, your book or your problem or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. The same goes for me as a bodybuilder and an online coach. Seeking out support from my fitness community and receiving so much support throughout this prep from Instagram, from YouTube, has been incredible. And I've gained so many new friends. The second thing that I think you should look to do is to sharpen your own coping skills. This is the opposite of what coping looks like. Think for a second about how you deal with disappointment. Do you take it on the chin or does it send you running to bed with a migraine that lasts for three days? If it's the latter, you probably need to develop some better coping skills like meditation, deep breathing or walking. You know, sometimes we just need to take a little time to reflect. We need a little bit of a distance and a distance from the situation so that we can kind of find the best way around it. Ironically, I'm actually about to participate in an online meditation course designed by one of my business clients and I can't wait. The third thing I think is it's important to journal how you're feeling. You know, if you can keep a journal, I think this will really help because lack of support comes from lack of effective communication. So you need to communicate with yourself. You know, write down what's frustrating you and why you feel like you aren't getting the support you need and then try writing down possible solutions. If nothing else, the act of writing it down will just eliminate some of the problem, letting you look at it in a more kind of calm way. I've said this before and I'll say it again, this podcast to me is like my journal. And I honestly feel so much better when I've reflected and recorded an episode on here. It's like a calm release and I'm really happy to be doing it again today. The fourth thing I think is to analyze the reason you don't feel supported. Like, are you trying to do something so far out of the ordinary that most people can't really comprehend it? Or are you simply asking far too much from the people around you? You can't expect everyone else to take care of your business while you're chasing a dream. You know, if you're trying to do this, then you need to start giving back before you can expect any support in return. For me, when analysing the reasons for lack of support, I know it comes from a place of ignorance and to a degree, arrogance. My choices in life are not those which were planned for me, quote unquote. For me, like when I was growing up, it's, it's difficult for people to understand 
how bodybuilding could give me so much structure and pleasure and that online coaching truly is my passion and my purpose in life. And the fifth and final thing I think is to keep it simple. You know, lack of support equals lack of communication. That's all it is. The other person just doesn't get it. So if you're describing your great new invention or your goal in terms of, you know, creating this vision for someone to try and understand, then there's going to need to be some greater clarification. They need to understand what it is you're trying to do, because probably it's likely that you're overcomplicating the matter. So try and keep it really simple. Explain to them, does it make you happy? Are you able to realistically achieve this goal? And is it something that you can maintain maintain in a healthy way moving forward? They might just change their perception or they may still not support you. Either way, the simpler you make it, the less room for communication error. Having said all of this, for me personally, I've reached a point where I've tried all of these things. And whilst I've got a great network of support around me on social media and from my amazing community of clients, I am yet to receive any support from my closest family members. And to be honest, I'm done expecting it. I have big goals with regards to turning pro one day. And when that time comes, and I know it will, I believe it's coming, I'm not expecting a single message of congratulations despite family members following me on all of my channels, watching my stories and seeing my posts. The next topic I want to get into is this feeling of being taken advantage of. Whilst it's true you may not have control over the events that happen to you, you can still decide how you react to them. Several months ago, Darren and I invited several people into our home. These guests were invited free of charge and hosted without any expectations in the lead up to Christmas. Now, I don't wanna name names and I'm not gonna go into specific details as some of these guests remain close friends of ours, but others, not so much. I've been brought up to always put others first and will always go out of my way to make others feel comfortable and at ease and I wouldn't want anyone to struggle with anything, not ever. I'm definitely a people pleaser for sure, which is probably why I taught for 10 years in education and now I coach clients online for fitness. You know, I want to see people succeed. I want people to do well. I want people to feel good. So over Christmas, I did everything in my power to make it a special occasion and I opened our home up to those who were away from their own friends and family at the time. However, as time passed and the months proceeded, it became clear that others didn't think the way I did or behave the same as myself and Darren. We'd repeatedly go out of our way to help accommodate our guests, but in return, there was very little thanks and in actual fact, quite the opposite, which resulted in some of these friendships breaking down completely and me making the decision to cut ties and remove these individuals from our lives completely. The more I saw on social media from them, the more it hurt to know that they completely took advantage of us and had no remorse whatsoever. The truth is that we considered them friends, yet in the end, all they cared about was making their own way here in Dubai and were quite happy to move on and leave us be when the time came. 
anyone who truly knows me knows that I'm a calm, easygoing person. It takes a lot to get me upset, but this really, really did upset me to the point I didn't want to get on my podcast and record because I didn't want to show up and offer advice on mental well-being and, you know, when my own well-being was massively suffering. I was completely powerless to change the situation, but I needed time to process it and I needed to focus on the energy I did have for my prep, my clients and my husband. Since this happened several months ago, I've had plenty of time and emotional distance to think through what I could have done differently. When possible, I think it's important to prepare ahead of time. You know, I think I was very naive and probably too trusting. I was caught off guard and I assumed that, you know, everyone thinks and acts the same way that we do. I never considered the possibility that this might happen and this was my mistake. I didn't protect myself, which sounds really sad, but it's a lesson I've learned moving forward and something I'm reminding myself of daily. If I had a do-over, I would have mentally prepared myself ahead of time for this possibility. However, I do believe that everything we experience in life is there to teach us a lesson and isn't time wasted. So I don't regret it, to be honest. I just simply need to learn from it and move on from it. It's about taking the higher road, I think, and preserving your integrity. I'm not the type of person who yells, rants or raves, and I never want to be the person who puts out negative energy on social media, hence the pause on my podcast episodes for so long. If I don't have anything positive or valuable to share, then I do not want to show up at all. The truth is that I'm far from perfect. Have I ever engaged in similar behavior? Probably been less than honest with someone else or took advantage of someone else? Yeah, probably, I probably have. So I guess all I can do moving forward is forgive the other person, you know, and wish them well. You don't have to like the people that you're with or the behavior that they put, they put out there, but you can still forgive them for the choices they've made. Because forgiveness is about, isn't about the other person. You know, forgiveness is about maintaining our own peace of mind. Forgiveness is about allowing us to let go of anger and return to a state of peace. On the other hand, holding on to anger just gains us nothing. It serves no purpose. It causes us more pain and keeps us stuck in that path. And in, I think the other option is to either get help or just eliminate that person or these individuals altogether. And in my situation, there was no need to have ongoing contact with these individuals. So I just decided that, do you know what? They took advantage, it wasn't ideal, but I just need to remove them from, from my life and that's all I did. You might be in a similar situation where someone who is a regular part of your life is taking advantage of you. If you are, then you need to take a good, hard look at the situation and decide how you want to handle it. You know, you might choose to eliminate the person from your life if they're unwilling to accept responsibility or change their behavior. If you can't eliminate that person from your life, then the other option is to get help and support from someone else. Maybe someone who has more power to change the situation than what you have right now. The chances are at some point in your life, 
you've taken advantage of you've been taken advantage of by someone you trusted and you felt powerless to do anything about it in the end we can't control other people's behaviors but we can control our own we can have power over our own choices we might feel helpless in these situations but the reality is that we're anything but helpless the next time you're in a situation where something or someone is taking advantage of you I encourage you to take a pause and mindfully decide how you want to handle the situation. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of an activity at work, let's say, and you really wish that you hadn't agreed to do it? Perhaps you became the organiser of all the, I don't know, office birthday parties because no one else would want to do it. Or maybe you picked up the slack yet again at work and ended up staying late for another colleague who begged you to help them finish a project last minute. We've all been there. And let's be real, there definitely will be times when you have to do things at work that you would rather not do. However, if you find yourself in this position more than you would like, simply because you don't want to let the other people down, then you could be a people pleaser too, much like me. And it may not seem like a big deal in the short term, but in the long term, the cons far outweigh the pros. You know, accommodating others too much can result in feeling overwhelmed because you've taken on too much, resentful because of the inherent imbalance in that relationship, and stifled because you're constantly ignoring your own needs and in a quest to be liked by someone else. It can also make you feel inauthentic because when you're smiling on the outside, despite feeling frustrated on the inside, You're essentially pretending to be someone you're not. And this will 100% affect your overall well-being. So here are just four tips that might help you if you're feeling taken advantage of. Number one, give others more credit. Sometimes when you're bending over backwards, it might come from a place of not giving others enough credit. For example, you might tell yourself, oh, if I don't help them, how will they manage? or nobody else is going to do it, so I'll have to jump in. The reality is people are often much more resilient than we believe. So if you say no, most people can either find someone else to say yes, or it might motivate them to solve the problem themselves. Number two, be more compassionate to yourself. People pleasers tend to be very compassionate when it comes to others. They frequently anticipate others' needs and do their best to try to prevent the people around them from feeling uncomfortable. However, to stop being taken advantage of, you've got to learn to treat yourself with the same level of respect. Recognize your own worth and be willing to be an advocate for yourself. Number three, set boundaries. Fact, you can say no to every single thing you don't want to do. After all, everybody has to spend sometime in the day making choices and decisions and there might be some things that you'd rather not do but you can say no to absolutely everything but figuring out which things to say no to is where the important part is and what's part of the job description yeah you're probably gonna have to do it or within your realm of help and what you go above and beyond understanding that I think takes practice and does turning down that extra thing that will affect your own well-being really matter? Just try it for me. Experiment with setting some boundaries and try and say no. 
or at least say not now to requests from others. Number four, learn to deal with conflict. At first, you may feel uncomfortable setting boundaries because it's new for you. But once you step up and say something, you may find it's a total non-event. Like, in other words, when you say no, the other person might simply just say, okay, and that's the end of it. However, there may be an instance in which advocating for yourself results in conflict. Now, it could be that the other person genuinely needs your help and expertise, and that's part of being on a team or just being a good human, of course. But it could also be that they're simply used to pulling the extra weight or or they're simply used to you pulling the extra weight or you always saying yes and so you'll need to wade through this kind of conflict and instead of avoiding it just prepare yourself for it and you'll need some kind of personal management skills for this in advance to approach these situations if you're not used to it you know practice deep breathing to manage your stress in that moment you may even want to run what you are planning to say past a trusted friend or colleague to get like their perspective. I do this so often with Darren. Like when I'm responding to things that make me feel anxious, I'll often ask him what he thinks, you know, because we're a team and I trust that he has my back and my best interests at heart. The final step in recovering from being a people pleaser, I think is to start asking for things yourself. Delegate, let others assist you. Doing so will help you to shift the relationships from one-sided to more reciprocal. And as you get used to receiving from others, you'll realise that being a doormat just simply isn't necessary for having a positive relationship. Make sure to consider your own needs with the needs of those around you and you'll be able to find the right balance. Okay, the final topic that I need to get off my chest and is one that is still quite raw but I hope it will help somebody else listening is this feeling of being abandoned. During high school friendships are these like magical liquid tidal phenomenon like they come and go and they swell and they shrink and everyone seems equally at peace with this at least to a certain degree. Later in life the sea of friendships tends to calm down and you kind of, your connection to a couple of friends grows stronger whilst the rest kind of fade away. Most adults have only a handful of very good friends and probably a busload, I would say, of acquaintances. They forcedly visit every now and then. If at this stage in life, a friendship breaks, it can be painful and very confronting. It can raise questions and self-doubt. Was it something you said? Did you just grow apart? Is it because you moved to another town or because the person you married? Like, why are you not important to that other person anymore? Tough questions and also painful assumptions. But in fact, there might be something totally different at play here. I've realised over the years that personal growth is not something everyone necessarily pursues you know to those who do this might actually come as a surprise but when you're in the game of continuously trying to improve your skills your relationships and yourself as a human being it's easy to assume that everyone around you is doing the same thing 
but they simply aren't. I don't have any data or numbers to kind of prove this theory, but my best guess is that at least half of the people we know aren't actively working on becoming a better version of themselves. They just live their life, avoid risks, and only seldom grab an opportunity if it's within comfortable reach. Many people are like this, and that's okay. But often these people structurally discredit everything that's better than them. People who have better jobs apparently are workaholics. People who are healthier are no fun and they're obsessive. People whose kids are doing better in school, oh, they've got it easy with their kids. And people with nice cars, well, they've got rich parents. You know, there's always an excuse and there's always a reason not to do something. To them, growth is like a rare coincidence. It's not a constant, passionate pursuit. And everything that confronts these people with their own shortcomings is something they will actively try to avoid. Like, when you grow as a person, you steadily become a confronting factor to those who don't keep up. And it's exactly the people who don't pursue growth who are most likely to walk away from confrontations. By becoming someone who seeks growth, you put yourself at risk for being abandoned. Though, not because you're a bad person, not because you treated them unwell, moved to the wrong place or married the wrong person. No, because you grew and they didn't. It's that simple. They liked you, not for the person you are, but for asserting that they were more people like them at their level. They liked you because you gave them a secure place to comfortably hide, where there was no need to face their own weaknesses. You were their stay on the couch free card. By growing, no matter in what aspect of your life, you became exactly what they wanted to avoid. A confrontation, a mirror, a confirmation of their own inadequacy. This might sound incredibly harsh, I understand this, but I believe it to be true. A good friend is always inspired by your growth, even if it's confronting to them. They will applaud you, not just for your achievements, but even just for making an effort, they will try to motivate you and in return, they get a stronger friend, an inspiring friend and someone they can rely on to be there for them too. Anyone else is not a friend, but just someone looking for excuses to not get off the couch and work on whatever needs to be worked on. I think sometimes we might fear losing people when we're about to embark on a new journey. We're afraid friends won't like our plans or our dreams. We're scared that they won't understand. We can already imagine how they will try to talk us out of our plans because they think it's stupid or risky or expensive or unrealistic. But don't let that hold you back, ever. In the end, you want to be surrounded by people who pursue growth too. Those who are people who understand and those that are people will inspire you, support you and accelerate your ongoing trip to becoming a better version of yourself. The rest is just added weight. Weight you'd better off losing. Sooner rather than later, in my opinion. I've learned this the hard way and more so this year than any other year in my life. From both friends and family members. Being abandoned can 
But one of the most difficult situations any of us will ever have to face. Abandonment issues can trigger depression, mistrust, and irrational amounts of fear. These issues affect daily life, careers, friendships, even romantic relationships. But if you've been abandoned and you're feeling alone, even though you might not feel that way right now, I think it's important to do the following things. First, you need to acknowledge the depth of your hurt. You know, if you are to overcome abandonment, you must first be realistic and identify why it affects you to the extent that it does, because abandonment is a complex issue. You know, it's similar to dealing with death of a loved one and grief. You know, it involves that deep sense of loss. But unlike grief, over a departed friend or relative, there is little or no closure with abandonment. You know, that's what's really hard about it because in some cases there's there's no goodbye, there's no last words, there's just loss and the finality of death is certain. But abandonment issues deal with that uncertainty of whether the loved one will ever return. Well, you know, why they left in the first place and whether or not the one abandoned will ever be able to trust the one who abandoned them again. You know, and like being rejected being abandoned may usher us into an extreme self kind of or extreme feeling of low self-worth not only have i felt this but many of you who follow myself and darren on social media will know that he felt this too for someone that he thought was a very close friend and knowing why you hurt so badly in the first step is overcoming abandonment i think next it's important to identify your symptoms If you've been hurt deeply by abandonment, you will usually deal with your pain in, I would say, one of two ways. You might become overly needy and require constant attention and reassurance, or you might go to the opposite extreme and resolve to never allowing yourself to become deeply invested in anyone ever again. (laughs) If you're part of the former category, you deal with abandonment by attempting to fill the empty space in your heart with anyone who is willing to give you attention. You'll often come on too strong, too early in relationships, thus kind of scaring off your potential mate or friend and reinforcing the idea that you aren't worth loving. If you're part of the latter category, you keep friends, relatives, romantic interests at arm's length and will not become deeply emotionally involved so that if and when abandonment occurs again, the hurt is not as deep. You must be honest enough with yourself to figure out which of these categories you fall into. Being honest with myself, I feel that I fall into the latter category at this moment in time. Although I'm a people pleaser, with everything going on, with prep and how busy I am and with business, I'm just not willing to let anybody else in just yet. But who knows, this might change. And finally, take action. The best and most practical way to deal with abandonment is to surround yourself with close friends and relatives whom you do trust. You should gradually take steps to become close to those people and rely on them for increasingly important things. It's also important not to raise hopes too high as there is no absolute certainty when it comes to relationships. Yes, you'd hope that they will always remain strong and absolutely you know, steady, but in reality, 
nobody ever has that certainty. Being realistic and building back trust again is key and something I'm learning to do at this moment in time. I'm also learning to spot the telltale signs and clues that might let me know who can be trusted and who can't. And I know that this sounds quite negative and I don't mean for it to be at all, but these are life lessons that I'm learning and I didn't think I'd be learning to be honest. So there you have it folks. This is why I've been so distant from this platform, why I haven't recorded a podcast episode in so long and why I wanted to take my time before jumping back on here and sharing my truth and hopefully offering some advice if you are going through the same things too. I'm not sure when I'll next record another episode. I really do find getting this out like therapeutic for myself, but as always, I want to make sure that it's valuable for you guys and a platform that supports, you know, mindset and overall well-being. I did actually record this episode for YouTube. It's the first one I've ever done, but I thought, why not Bex? Let's get it out there. I've had lots of requests for it. So if you're not following me on YouTube, go and head over there and you will see this podcast recorded live in my office. If you found this episode useful or you'd like to reach out about anything I've discussed, please, please, please just drop me a message on Instagram or post this on your story and tag me. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and for all your support thus far. Hopefully, I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye for now.